Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Wrestling Overtime here with your results and thoughts for Impact Wrestling's No Surrender. It was the pay-per-view, it's the what I'm calling the mini pay-per-views that they hold every month on Impact Plus. Uh, it was February 13th, 2021, and if I'm going to be real honest with you guys I wasn't looking forward to this pay-per-view um I wasn't really excited about most of the matches I was interested in the triple threat revolver match just because it was new I hadn't heard of it wanted to see how it would go I was looking forward to the X Division Championship match just because those two guys have chemistry out the wazoo and they always put on an excellent match. But the rest of it, I really was not concerned about. I know so many, and I do mean many, of you were excited about the Rich Swan Tommy Dreamer match. I wasn't. I felt like it was getting handed to him. I didn't feel like he earned it. I wish they would have did a storyline the last three or four weeks where Tommy Dreamer was earning it. Even if he had been, let's say, working with some younger talent, they had been showing that he'd been in their corner, and Rich Swan was rewarding him for that, I could have taken it. Just because his birthday was February 13th, and that happened to be when the pay-per-view was, and they were celebrating him being 50 years old, I didn't think that warranted a title match. I think there's too many talented people in Impact Wrestling that they could have did a title match with. And so I think that's what I was most disappointed with. They showed a video at the very beginning, and it was um, kind of emotional. It looked back on Tommy Dreamer's life and his career in wrestling. Is he retiring? And I don't know about it, because that's what they made it seem like. They kept making it seem like this was his last match. And I kept thinking, if this is his last match... 
then what are they going to do if he wins the title? So basically, you're telling me if this is his last match, he's not winning the title. And so that kind of blew it for me. I I didn't like it. Uh, the first match of the evening, though, was Triple uh, XL and Tennille Dashwood versus Decay. Um, Triple XL has had a problem with Rosemary since Rosemary and Johnny Bravo, Bravo's supposed wedding. Guys, you started this storyline in June. Let's get over it. Let's move on. It wasn't that great of a storyline to begin with. It wasn't believable that Rosemary would fall for somebody like Bravo. You put him in Wrestle House. Wrestle House was a disaster. Uh, the wedding ended up being a disaster with Bravo getting shot. Um, then you turn it into a way that Valkyrie can leave. Uh, I guess that was somewhat smart and that you could use it that way. But continuing this was unrealistic. Having Triple XL be afraid of Rosemary I thought was awesome. And Tennille Dashwood coming up and saying, look, I'm not afraid to hit her. I'm not afraid to take her on. I've done it before. Um, worked out that you could have an intergender match. But then it turned out not to really be an intergender match because any time Tennille got in there with someone other than Rosemary, of course, she was tagging out. Rosemary, of course, doesn't care to take them on because they're scared of her. This wasn't that great of a match. I'll just be real honest with you. Um, I'm glad that they let Crazy Steve get some offense against Triple XL and not make him look like a weenie, which is what they have been doing. I'm, I've been thinking, if you're going to make Crazy Steve look like this, number one, he's not really crazy because not, he's not willing to do anything in order to win. And two, why even bother putting him in the match to begin with? Um, Caleb with a K, of course, came out and played a little bit of a part. Now, I'm going to call him Black Taurus because I think Black Taurus sounds stupid. But Black Taurus came in and, of course, kind of ruled the day, uh, showing his power, showing that he could throw people around, including A.C. Romero. Um, I love that at the end, Rosemary brought back the green mist, and um, that Black Taurus did the huge pyrebomb slam to get the victory, because I picked Decay in the predictions episode to win this one. I mean, I didn't see how they couldn't. Um, they have basically just made Triple XL a bunch of jobbers. Um, I am happy to see Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown get some chemistry together. Um, they're not stepping on each other nearly as bad. I still am not in love with D'Lo Brown. I feel like he doesn't bring a lot of energy and personality to it. Um, 
wish he would get a little, little more excited. I miss that from Josh Matthews and Madison Rain. I did like how in this pay-per-view, Impact did take AEW and WWE's lead and are showing many um, video packages in case you're just tuning in. That way you know kind of the story behind the match. The next matchup, of course, was Eddie Edwards, Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers and Hernandez. Now, in, of course, the prediction episode, I predicted Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona. Eddie Edwards has been Mr. Impact. He's the heart of Impact Wrestling, along with Sammy Callahan. And with Matt Cardona joining Impact Wrestling recently, uh, if you listen to the news and thoughts about two or three days ago, I told you Matt Cardona signed a short term contract with Impact Wrestling just covering the next set of tapings so maybe that's the reason why they didn't really want him to get over I just find it hard to believe that Hernandez who we haven't seen a lot of recently um and Brian Myers who come out wearing an eye patch where Eddie Edwards and accidentally poked him in the eye, would come out on top. Uh, I don't think Brian Myers is that good of a wrestler. I don't like his gimmick as far as the most professional wrestler around. Hernandez, he's getting older, but he's still got it. Um, As the original founder of LAX, I mean, I can understand them being able to win. Uh, I did like that they had the cheat win as far as Brian Myers exposing the turnbuckle and then throwing Matt Cardona into it. However, I hated that they won because that's not what I predicted. Uh, we then get a backstage vignette promo from Private Party and Big Money Matt Hardy uh, talking about how other teams have been stealing from them, stealing, you know, their places and how Chris Saban and Cowboy James Storm had kind of weaseled their way into this tag team championship match and how he wants them to become the greatest second tag team in the world of all-time wrestling and behind, of course, the Hardy Boys. We then get Violent by Design coming to the ring. I think I've made my feelings clear about Violent for Design. I really like Eric Young. I, I like him as a leader of the faction. Not sure that I would have chose Joe Doring as a member. Um, I pretty much think he's worthless. I'm not sure what he actually brings to the faction. I know they're trying to portray him as the heavy, as the... Bodyguard is the powerful, strong one. He looks like a dork to me and not somebody that I would be scared of. I would just kick him in the knee and go on. Deaner, however, I am intrigued with. How they have changed him. I wish we would have gotten to see more of Eric Young working with Cody Deaner. Supposedly 
baptizing him and saving him. I wish we would have gotten to see that more. They are now trying to get Cousin Jake, who has changed his name to Jake something. Because he believes if you don't stand for something, then you will fall for anything. So he has changed his name to Jake something. And he is taking on Diener. They're portraying this as a family feud. And I like the back and forth with this. Um, Jake something looks like he's been hitting the weights. Um, His moves seem smoother. And maybe it's because he has worked with Cody Diener so much. Um, I know that on the independent circuit, sometimes they do some tag teams together, and maybe that came into play. I like Diener's new style. Uh, I liked Eric Young interfering. I felt like they really, really told a good story on this one. Um, the thing is... I don't know that I would have necessarily allowed Jake something to get the win. I think they were wanting the babyface to get over so that they can continue. If I'm violent by this line, if I'm Eric Young, I just drop this move on to my next person. I don't know that Jake's something. I know he's a family member of Diener, but... I don't know what he brings to this faction. I don't know why they even pursued him to begin with. They didn't really tell us a story on that one. And, you know, him attacking Violent by Design on the outside and then climbing in. And uh, I believe they called it the Black Hole Slam. Uh, for getting a three-count on Diener, I just... I don't know that I would have allowed him to win. I picked Diener to win. He was attacked by Eric Young um, immediately after. Eric Young ended up getting a table, setting it up in the middle of the ring, and they hit a powerbomb from the top rope uh, on Jake something through the table. And I just, I wasn't excited about it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, then we get to what I've been waiting for. Because I wanted to see the triple threat revolver match for the future shot at the X Division Championship. I felt like it came down to three men as far as Ace Austin, uh, Josh Alexander, and Trey Miguel in my predictions. I thought that Trey Miguel needed to win and really give him the push not only for him coming back, but I feel like he is the most charismatic, most exciting, has the biggest personality, and could really push either TJP or Rahit Raju, whoever wins uh, the X Division Championship later tonight. Um, however... I immediately started doubting that. For the simple fight, Trey Miguel was the first person out. 
we all know that, you know, in these matches where it's a gauntlet match, it's a, a triple threat revolver, it's a battle royal, whatever, usually the first person out doesn't win. Yes, Edge in WWE showed us already this year that it can be done, but he had a lot of help with Vince McMahon. So, as soon as I saw Trey Miguel come out, I was like, oh no, there probably goes my prediction. We see Blake Christian come out second, and then we see Suicide. Now, of course, in my head, I immediately think, oh, Suicide's the jobber of this three. He is going out pretty quick. Um, And that's kind of how it was. They, they, um, tagged, or, yeah, double teamed, I guess this is the word I'm looking for, Blake Christian at first, but then Trey Miguel hit a cutter on Blake Christian, and then kind of turned on suicide as far as hitting a spinning kick, and we got to see Trey Miguel hit a heel hook, lock it in, and tap suicide out. So suicide's out. Chris Bay comes in next. And I think, oh, these three are really going to put on a show. Surely they've worked something out together. Um, They're all high flyers. They're all ready to take chances. And immediately Trey Miguel goes for a quick submission. But um, they fought out and started hitting elbows. He ended up running wild. Luckily, Blake Christian did not disappoint me. He hit a double Hurricane Rana on both men. And we saw Trey Miguel get thrown out of the ring, which meant, eh, I'm going to take a break, which is what I hate about these matches. But um, Christian ended up, went for a springboard 450. And Bay got his knees up and hit the vertebraker and eliminated him. So we get Dovari to come out and he gets attacked by Chris Bay. So it's Chris Bay versus Dovari and at one point, and it wasn't a whole a lot of time that Devore was in there. But at one point I was thinking, where is Trey Miguel? I mean, he didn't get hurt. He didn't get put to the table. He didn't get thrown up against the barricade. He didn't get thrown in the steps. Where is he? Why is he hanging out outside? Well, I guess he was making Chris Bay do the work. I don't know exactly the announcers didn't go into it or anything like that, but he does sneak in at the end as Bay, like I said, does the work and gets the quick three count on Devari as he's hanging out. So we get Josh Alexander. Well, Chris Bay has an issue with Josh Alexander, kind of according to the announcers, and Alexander... um quickly overpowered Chris Bay, and I like to see that. He's stocky. He is way more experienced than him. 
He has the submission moves, plus the pyro moves, and so it didn't surprise me. However, it did surprise me that Trey Miguel immediately, boom, put a sleeper on uh, Josh Alexander, and Josh Alexander ended up suplexing both men while he was in the sleeper, showing off his pyre. But the thing that I wrote down in my notes was... Trey Miguel is showing a completely different side of himself than what he did with the Rascals. He hasn't been flying all over the room. He's been doing submission moves. He's put a sleeper on. He's put a heel lock on. He um, tried another submission move, and it's not coming to me right yet. But, I mean, Trey Miguel is showing he's more well-rounded than what I thought. And I don't know how long of a contract he signed with Impact Wrestling. But when he comes up next, he's going to be able to point to him. Hey, look, I was a high flyer. I've now changed a little bit. I'm a submission person. And he, at his young age, is showing an all-around talent. Um, I was excited Josh Alexander showed his submission moves and got the ankle lock on Chris Bay and immediately eliminated him. Because I think that Chris Bay has all the athletic talent in the world. He does have some charisma. Um, I think he's a little goofy sometimes. But I don't think he has the wrestling ability as far as putting moves together, doing submission moves, or transitioning from one move to another. So I was glad to see him eliminated. Then I had forgotten that Willie Mock was even in this match until he came out next. He had a Samoan drop on both guys and really acted like he was going to come in and be all-powerful. To me, Willie Mike does not look like an X-Division guy. He doesn't look like he fits in the X-Division category. And for that reason, I definitely didn't want him to win. I know that he has been an X-Division champion before. I didn't always know that I agreed with that. However, you know, finally Trey Miguel ended up hitting Sasha Banks' favorite move, the Meteor Aurora. On Willie Mike and got a three count again. He got, he got the the pin and Willie Mike was eliminated. Well, we got Ace Austin, and this made me excited because we're down to the final three, and it is the Zach three that I picked: Ace Austin, Josh Alexander, and Trey Miguel, and of course. He ran wild. He was fresh. Um, Trey Miguel's been in there since the beginning. And he ended up hitting a uh, nice kind of punch slash um, chops to them. But quickly, Miguel and Alexander ended up double-teaming him. Josh Alexander hit him with a suplex, sent him halfway across the arena, and looked like it hurt. Um, He 
also, Trey Miguel hit uh, a poison rana on Josh Alexander and then a rope-assisted cutter. But as he was pinning Josh Alexander, Ace Austin broke it up. Um, It ended up with Josh Alexander winning. I was a little disappointed it wasn't Trey Miguel, but I think with Josh Alexander's tag team partner, Ethan Page, being gone, the North being dissolved, they're making him a singles competitor. We all know his contract runs out this summer. They have to push Josh Alexander, or he's leaving. So I think this is going to be the start of his push with getting a chance at the X Division Championship. I wish they would have really, I don't want to say build up. They did build this match up, but it I just felt like it wasn't a big match. And I don't know why. Uh, we got the Impact Knock- Knockouts Tag Team Championships next. Uh, with Havoc and Avea taking on Fire and Flava. I hate that name. Um, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele. I, I wish they would have come up with a little bit better name. Um, they've handled Havoc and Avea in a tag team situation numerous times. I picked, of course, uh, Hogan and Steele's to continue their run. They didn't need to give up the belt this soon. Um, when you're introducing a belt, you need to let somebody establish that belt. And I'm glad that they chose Hogan and Steel to do that. Um, not that Havoc and Nevaeh didn't give them a good match. I like that this was tornado rules so that all four women could be in the ring at the same time. We weren't waiting on tags. I felt like that gave this a little more flavor <laughs> to use their their uh, tag team name but they were in control pretty much the whole way um they teased a little bit with Nevea getting the three count on her after Steel's hit a cutter on her that Havoc and Nevea were having problems they definitely don't need to break up the stock team. Um, you know, Impact has a nice women's tag team division, and they don't need to break up any teams. I know that they were frustrated with each other, but they definitely don't need to. They then interview Rich Swan backstage, and he immediately starts talking about Moose uh, and how Moose is going to be suspended if he gets involved in the match. Well, as soon as he says that, you know Moose is not getting involved in in the match. He's going to get involved after the match. Um, They do a video package about the Impact X Division Championship with TJP and Raheem Reju, and they go through their history. I think everybody knows this. This was the match of the night, in my opinion. These two have unbelievable chemistry. Um, I hated that Shira was out there 
and that even had to get involved. I think that these two could have put on a match without him. They did not need him at all whatsoever. Um, Raheep Raju has grown so much from being around TJP. He is becoming a well-rounded uh, wrestler. It seems like he is getting better at calling matches and transitioning. And if you did not see this match, please look it up somewhere. Um, it's bound to be on their Facebook page, their YouTube page. Maybe it's on their website. I don't know where you can find this, but this probably was the match of the night. Then we got the six-woman tag match of um, Deanna Prazo, Kimberly, and Susan versus Jordan Grace. Um Jazz and ODB, this match was completely, absolutely awful. Um, there was no consistency or transitions in this that made any sense. The chemistry between Perrazzo, um, Kimberly, and Susan does not work. They need to do away with Susan's character. If anything, they need to bring back Sue Young. Uh, hopefully this will make her snap enough to go back to Sue Young. Still don't understand why they brought Jazz and ODB back. ODB has said numerous times, um, you guys saw that I reported last week that ODB is refusing to sign a long-term contract with Impact Wrestling. Jazz isn't wanting to be a full-time wrestler, and Jordan. they just need to get Jordan Grace out of this and back into the singles wrestling uh, factor. But the winners in this was Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB. Then, of course, we got the package of Cowboy James Storm and Chris Saban. You guys know how I feel about them together. I miss Alex Shelley. I can't believe that they went on with Chris Saban without Alex uh, Shelly especially bringing Chris Saban out as the Motor City Machine Guns music without Alex Shelley. Um, of course, we wish him the best. Hopes, hope he gets a vaccine sooner rather than later so that he can come back and perform. But this match was total chaos. Um, the Good Brothers versus Private Party versus Chris Saban and Cowboy James Storm. This may have been one of the worst six-man tags that I've seen. Um, I know Matt Hardy got involved at the end and tried to get Private Party to get the advantage. However, the Good Brothers put a stop to to that, and they, while they were distracting the referee, of course, we got to see Matt Hardy do the twist of fate, which brought back memories from Impact Wrestling to all of their fans, but they could not take advantage of it. Um, Marcus Quinn ended up hitting a shooting star press on Cowboy James Storm. However, Carl Machine Gun Anderson immediately just threw Quinn out of the way, and he stole the pin. Uh, the Good Brothers kept the championships, and Matt Hardy went ballistic on the sidelines on Private Party. Uh, blaming them, saying that, of course, he got them the win, and they threw it away, looking to see 
what happens on Tuesday if they decide to show up to Impact Wrestling and what Matt Hardy says. If not, I guess we'll find out at AEW what uh, Matt Hardy says and what kind of match he decides to throw Private Party into next. Um, He also is getting involved with Adam Hangman Page and getting him to sign the contract, and we're waiting to see if Matt Hardy tries to take advantage of Adam Page in that way, or whether or not Adam Page pulled one over on him. I think that's more or less going to be the story on AEW. And then, of course, we had the main event. The last match that, like I told you in the beginning, I just don't understand why it's even happening. Tommy Dreamer gave a lot to wrestling, and like he said, he had been wrestling for 31 years. He's 50 years old. It was his birthday. But I don't know that that's necessarily enough for to get you a main event uh, world championship match, especially against Rich Swan. Now, you guys know in the predictions, of course, I have a soft spot for Tommy Dreamer and was hoping that he would take the belt away from Rich Swan. Uh, that definitely wasn't meant to be. Uh, Impact Wrestling, for some reason, likes Rich Swan. I can't figure out why. I think he's absolutely awful. You guys know how I feel about Rich Swan and his wrestling. I want him off my TV as soon as possible. Um, they put on a pretty decent match. You could tell that Tommy Dreamer blew up at the end. He was running out of gas. Um, that's the reason why they have him mostly in hardcore matches where he can hit people with kendo sticks and tables and chairs. Uh, it's because his cardio is not where it should be. And with him being 50 years old, I mean, you just got to give him credit that he has any cardio left at all and can do this long of a match. But we saw Rich Swan uh, end up getting the payload kick against Tommy Dreamer and Rich Swan hitting the Phoenix Splash for the win. But then we got to see them do a respect factor where Tommy Dreamer finally got up and gave Rich Swan his belt, they shook hands, and immediately Moose came out. And like I said, it wasn't during the match, so I don't expect a submission whatsoever. I think that what we see is them say that it was after the match, therefore they're not going to suspend him. They may give him some kind of maybe five-day or ten-day suspension or anything like that. But I think Moose proved his point by beating down Rich Swan immediately and saying he wants both belts. I think that is the better match. I know that people are wanting to see Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan. Um, I don't think that's going to be as good a match as what a lot of people seem to think it will be. I think the better match would be Kenny Omega versus Moose. But I think that's not going to come up until this summer if they can hold Moose off. We'll have to wait and see. Um, What did you guys think about this pay-per-view? 
Did you like it? Was it just okay? Um, for a mini pay-per-view on Impact Plus, I thought it was an okay pay-per-view. I just didn't think the matches were that great and that they took a lot of time to put them together. Um, if As always, if you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, you guys need to write me at wrestlingovertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at wrestlingovertime. I will be talking to you guys soon, and I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.